morning Shavuatov. Today's daf is daf Hey. We're going to go from the bottom of daf Dalad Amudbeis 4B, um, the uh, third last line, just to fill us where we are to in the sugya. Um, so the first point to um, be aware of is um, what we're largely discussing is well yados. Remember a handle where you say a partial vowel. Do we count that as a real vowel or not? So the first, there are three main levels in inner yad, and then there's one level below that. There's a, there's something that would not even be a yad. If if I say to someone, you're terrible, I'm not saying that's like clearly nothing to do with the netter, so that wouldn't even be a yad. Question comes in when you start saying something that leans towards a, that leans towards a netter, but is not necessarily a netter. There's three regarding a yad. There's obviously something that's not even a yad. Then there's something that is uh, what's called a yad. The three there's, there's a yad mochiach. That means it's a clear yad. What he's saying, even though he's not saying the full sentence, the full expression of a neder, it's very clear what he means. That's a, that's a Yad Mochiach, and then everyone agrees. There's what's called a Yad Sha'ino Mochiach, a Yad that's not very clear. It could really go either way. What is, from his words, do we know what he means? And then there's, a, obviously, in between, yeah, well, I guess it would be a not Yad, a Yad Sha'ino Mochiach, and a Yad Mochiach. Yad Sha'ino Mochiach is a question whether it counts as a neder or not, as you'll see it's machlokes tanaim and a machlokes hamoraim. Um, but that's important to bear in mind as we go through the sugya, trying to identify yesterday the sugya started with Shmuel saying something. What did Shmuel say? Shmuel said, Bukulan Achi, with the Mishnah, if you notice, when it was discussing Yados, it had two phrases. At a start, if someone says something along the lines of Mudrani Mimcha, I'm vowed from you, or Mufrushani Mimcha, I am separated from you, etc. And then it added on a second phrase, She'ani Oichelloch, or She'ani Toimloch, that I will eat from what is yours, or that I will taste what is yours. That's also, that's when the Nether takes effect. So Shmuel came along and said, you have to say both those statements for it to be a Yad. Implying that if you don't say both the statements, I, along the lines of, I am separated from you, from that which I eat. You know, something like that. You need both clauses, then it's a yad. The Gemara refuted that with Bryce's clearly saying that if you have either phrase, it can count as a neder. So if you just say, I'm separated from you, I'm vowed from you, or you would just say, to that which I eat of yours. Or you might have to say um, against that which I eat of yours or something like that. But you say either of those phrases, it's a good neder. So now the Gemara has to revise what, it, what was Shmuel saying. And it continues that Shmuel holds, we're, on the, we're going with the assumption that Shmuel holds that you're right. If it would have just said one of those, it would have been a yad, and it would have been a good yad. The point that we're uh, focusing on at the moment is that it says, is, is the Mishnah, if it was saying either or, then it should have said Osur in the middle. Just to go back to the text of the Mishnah. Again, today's duck is quite a finicky 
to quote Mark, quite finicky and detailed in like the language. So just to quote the, t- the, the, the Mishnah seems to could have broken it up into two statements, but it seems to teach it as one long letter because it says, if someone says to their friend, Mudrani Mimcho, I'm vowed from you, etc., She'ani Oichelach, that which I eat of yours, also then it's forbidden. It sounds like one clause, you have to say that whole thing. Okay, the Mishnah could have said something along the lines of, if a person says, Mudrani Mimcho, Osur, or She'ani Oichelach, Osur. But the fact that the Mishnah doesn't say Osur by each one implies that it's one long letter. So what was Shmuel saying, or why does Shmuel bring that the Mishnah has to say it's one long letter? Again, for it to be a Yad, it would be valid even if you only said half that statement. So why does Shmuel, so what was Shmuel saying, and why does the Mishnah imply he was saying one long point? So that's what you're going from at the bottom of the page. Um, and then just uh, to introduce what Shmuel's saying is that it's got to do with who does the vow take effect on. If just to, and if you start, now that we pay attention to it, you'll see it quite clearly. But if I say, I am vowed from you, or I am vowed from getting benefit from you, obviously you, well, let me actually go back a step. A vow can take effect in various ways. One is you forbidding other people's property to yourself. You forbidding other people to your property, or both. I can take a vow that forbids me from getting benefit from your property and you from getting benefit from my property. What you can't do is take a nether on someone else's property on someone else. <laughs> so I can't take a nether that you can't get benefit from your property. You can understand why the Torah, why, why we can't make that legal, but maybe we'll see some a bit later. But that's so. So keep in mind. That's what the focus of Shmuel on is who's, when this person takes the netter, who's he banning the food on or the, the items on. So, the reason, or it is only because he adds on the clause that I own, won't eat what is yours or that I won't taste what is yours. That's where he is forbidden to get benefit, but his friend can. Get benefit. If the person only said, I am vowed from you, now both also. So okay, now we understand. So Shmuel's teaching us that a yad, this is a valid expression of a vow. What's the Mishnah coming to teach by adding in saying that there's two clauses to teach as follows? If I say, I am vowed from you, that means both ways. I can't get benefit from you and you can't get benefit from me. Unless you add in the condition that I won't eat yours. Eat what is yours. Then, it's saying, I can't get benefit by eating anything of yours. But again, you could get benefit from me. That's what the Shmuel's highlight in the mission is teaching. And he says, Kihad Amr Rabbi This is like Rabbi Chanina says, Mudrani If someone says, I'm vowed from you, Shneim Asurim. They are both Asur. And that's, so this seems to be the same as what Shmuel was teaching. Again, if someone just uses the phrase, I'm vowed from you, it includes both. Now the one says, Tanan. We learned in the Mishnah. Hareini Olecho Cherem. I am Cherem to you. Remember, Cherem is like a term of a vow. Basically, my property is banned. So I am vowed from you. Hamudar 
we're carrying on with Hamudar Asur, Aval Madir Lo. The one who Mudar is the one who the vow is on, and Madir is the one who takes the vow. So the Mudar, the one who I guess almost the subject of the vow, who the vow is said to, is Asur, but the Madir, the one who took the vow, is not Asur. Again, if you read the language carefully, it sounds like that's what he's saying. I am Khairam to you. I, you can't get benefit. You, you have a fight with a friend and you shout at him, I take a nere, I am Khairam to you. I, you can't get benefit from my property. Now, that, the problem with saying that is, didn't we just say, if a person says, I am vowed from you, it's both. So we should say the same thing, I'm Khairam to you, should be Asur on both of them. That's what Shmuel seemed to say. Again, uh, yeah, the run explains, this is where it starts to get tricky. I mean, there are other Perushim, but I'll just try, I'll try to follow the run. Is because when a person says, I am vowed from you, he's contrasting the I and you. And therefore, and both are obviously referring to property. So he's saying, I'm also to your, yeah, I'm also to you, and you're also to me. So then again, if you're reading it like that, when a person says, um, I am Khairim to you. It, sh- it seems to be the exact same as I am vowed from you. And therefore, why in the mission does it say only the Mudar, the one who the vow is towards, is Asur? So the Gemara answers, no, You have to explain that Mishnah is where he said, but you are not Asur to me. I, I can still get benefit from your property. Then the Mishnah continues. And this is, says, At Allah Khairim, you are Khairim to me. So the Mishnah says, Hanoider Asur, Aval Hamadir Law. The one who took the vow is forbidden to get benefit, but the one who's subject to the vow is not Asur. Again, if you read those words as we would normally, as we, in my mind, as we would have thought, Ah, um, you are Khairim to me, is saying, I can't get benefit from you. But again, if we understanding how we understood the Mishnah and how we explain Shmuel as explaining the Mishnah, well, let me say that a bit simpler, if we understand the clause of the Mishnah, I am vowed from you, and saying both are forbidden to each other, then this line of you are Khairim to me should have the same intent and they should both be also you have to say that it's where he specified and I am not also to you. So if a person just says you are Khairim to me or I am Khairim to you, it works both ways. However, unless he specifies I am Khairim to you, but you are not Khairim to me or something like that. So what would be the halacha if he didn't specify Shnei You're telling me that they would both be also to each other. But Homerik Tani Seifert says in the last clause, in the later clause of that Mishnah, If he says, Behold, you are I to you and you to me, then they are both forbidden. Hadin hu In that case, they both are But if he just said one way, I you're forbidden to me, or I am forbidden to you. Who also bechaber muta? He is forbidden, and his friend is muta. So where are we holding at the moment? That again, how we understood Shmuel explaining the Mishnah is that again, when a person says, "I am vowed from you," 
That means both parties are forbidden to each other, which we've just pointed out from this mission is difficult because it seems unless you specify, I am, again, Chayrim and Nere should have the same effect. I am Chayrim to you and you are Chayrim to me. That's when they both ask But if you said only one way, then only one party would be forbidden on the other. So, Elahachi Yitamar, the Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Chanina. Okay, so you have to explain Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Chanina as follows. Mudar Ani Loch, if someone says, I am vowed to you, Shnei Masurim. That's when they both asur. Mudrani Heimecho, when I am vowed from you, who also the Chaveru Mutar? He is forbidden, but his friend is Mutar. And why is this? So, I'm just trying to see what I'm Yeah. Ryan explains as follows because the word lecho is a little bit ambiguous. The word lecho can mean to you, so I, I am vowed to you, I what my property is forbidden to you, or it could mean yours. I am vowed from yours. So when a person uses a phrase, mudar ani loch, is including both of those, I am forbidden to you and Yours is forbidden to me. Okay, very subtle. This lechok can mean you or yours, and that totally switches which way the child goes. No, no, we're not. Don't bring in words. We're discussing the dog. Um, okay, if he says I am vowed to you, what's what am I saying? If I say I am vowed to you, I'm saying my property is forbidden. Have a fight again. You have a fight with a friend. You get upset or you feel he crooked you in business, you say, Murarani loch, I am forbidden to you. Again, the problem is, loch, that's if it, loch means to you. But if loch means yours, so what are you saying? I am vowed or from yours or to yours, to what is yours. You're saying that? I can't get benefit from your property. So that's why Murarani loch implies both of those. Um, however, if you say, Heimecho, or mimcha from yours, well, that clearly means only one way. So therefore, yeah. So, so, so that's all very well for Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanir. It says, "Vahom anisin tiktani heimecha." What mina la misin Now wait. We said our Mishnah uses the phrase heimecha. I am vowed from you, and we said. According to how Shmuel explained the Mishnah, in all of the cases, unless he says, and I won't eat what is yours, or I won't taste what is yours, that's where he is forbidden, but his friend is mutar. Implying, if he just said, I am vowed from you, they are both also. So Shmuel, so this explanation doesn't work with how we were learning Shmuel explained the Mishnah. So we're back to where we started today. Today we started with saying, Shmuel, we have a teaching of Shmuel. Why? How do we understand Shmuel as he explained the Mishnah? We just gave the suggestion that Shmuel saying, what, what was our suggestion that Shmuel saying? If a person says, I'm vowed from you, it were, the vow works both ways, unless he specifies that I won't eat then it's only, I won't eat your property, eat from your property. But now, we've just shown that, no, if a person says, it means both ways, if he says, from yours, 
Mimecho or Heimecho. It's only if I take a neder, I am vowed from yours. Clearly, only you are also, your property is also to me. So you can't come along and say that Shmuel means both ways when clearly it can't. Actually, at the outset, this is what Shmuel was saying. So we're revising Shmuel's explanation of the Mishnah. Who the ain who also elabachila? If he adds, what Shmuel is saying is, if he adds in the clause that I only won't eat what is yours, or I won't, or that I will, or that I taste what is yours, that's where he is forbidden. Sorry, who the ain who also elabachila? That's where he's only also to eat. If he just said the opening clause of Mudrani Mimcha, then he would be forbidden even to get benefit. Again, we started off by learning the Mishnah. The difficulty, again, the challenge we have in the Mishnah is it says, if a person says Mudrani Mimcha, and then that I, that I eat what is yours, I take a vow from you that I eat what is yours, sounds like it's one neder. But as we yesterday's guy pointed out that if he just says Mudrani Mimcha, that's a neder. So why is the Mishnah one long clause when it could have got away with teaching the same point about a Yad with half the, half the, half the neder? Um, so Shmuel's coming to say that actually, yeah, it's teaching us an extra halacha. Again, not, not something very novel, but an extra halacha. That again, Mudrani Mimcha is a valid neder. Even though it's a yad, even though I'm vowed from you, I'm separated from you. That's a valid neder. But what does that include? Isurahano, I can't get any benefit from your property. However, if he adds in the clause that I that I eat from you or that I taste what is yours, then he's limiting his neder to just food, to just eating. So if you would take a neder to your friend, say I take a neder that I eat from yours. You well. Let me go back and let me say it the other way around. Obviously, okay. This is the chiddush of He's saying even if a person just says I won't, I take a neder from you. Again, he hasn't said that your property is also or anything like that. But it's clear from his intent. I want to. Or if he says mufrani, mufrishani, anilach, I separate from you. It's very clear what he means, or we take it as clear what he means. And it's a valid neder. However, it's, it's valid neder to the, to the degree that everything is also. And that's what the Mishnah is coming to teach, unless he qualifies it with that I eat what is yours or that I taste what is yours. So that's where we're holding. That is the point of Shmuel's teaching and how he explains the Mishnah. Again, the tricky point is, yeah, well, no, the Mishnah could have got away with, it wants to teach a yeah. Where we're holding at the moment, the Mishnah could have got away with just teaching, I'm vowed from you, and oh, that's a good matter. But the mission is teaching us through adding the clause, She'ani Taimlach, that unless you say that I won't eat what is yours, everything of yours would be awesome. Okay, let's see the Gemara says, Oh, Well, then let Shmuel say as follows. I'm just going to adjust the text slightly according to the Ran. He says, If he did not say that I will not eat your food, I won't taste your what is yours, or that I'll taste what is yours, also, then he's forbidden. 
Again, why Shmuel, if you look at Shmuel's original statement, Shmuel said, Bekulan in all vows, Ad she'yoymer she'ani oichaloch she'ani toimloch. And it's not a netter unless he adds, but again, if you're explaining it as we've just explained Shmuel, he should have said, um, he should have said, um, I'm just going to read this again quickly. If he did not add this extra clause of that I eat yours or that I taste what is yours, then he would be also even from getting benefit. And Shmuel, Shmuel seemed to say it as blanket. Is it an editor or is it not an editor? But now, according to our current explanation, all we've changed is, is it an or is it So, Elahachi Itmar. Rather, this is what it's saying. The reason that he said, the reason is because he said, I won't eat your, from yours, or I won't taste, or I taste what's yours. That's where the vow takes effect. But if he says, I take a vow from what is yours, who says he's saying that it's also bahano? My timer, what's the reason? It could mean that I won't talk to you. I what's we'll, we'll clarify the rest of the terms of the Mishnah. But he's saying is that no, Shmuel's saying the only the only reason it's a valid neder at all is because he says the double language. He says, Mudrani Amim Mimcho. I take a neder from you that I eat what is yours. He's taking a neder that he won't eat his friend's um, thing. If he did not make that clarification, that I won't eat what is yours, it's not a valid neder. Because it could mean one of two things. It could mean I'm taking a neder and I won't get benefit. Or it could mean that... Um, that I won't talk to you. No, that I won't talk to you. And says similarly, Mufrani Mufrushani Mimcho. If he just said I separate from myself, that could just imply I'm not going to do business with you. Who said it's not? I'm not taking a nere that I won't get benefit from you. It's taking a nere that I won't get do business with you. Or Murchani Mimcho. If he just took the nere that I will distance myself from you, claim Dolak Amina Bedalad Amos Dilach Mashma. He could just be saying I take a nere that I won't stand in your presence. I, this is what we call a yad sha'enu mochiach, what I mentioned at the beginning of Shir, a yad that is not clear. As, again, remember, part of, I mentioned this in the introduction, when you say a neder, you have to express the neder. If you just think a neder, it doesn't come into effect. How accurate does the expression have to be? Does it have to clearly express your intent? And here, there's a makhloikis about where the intent leans one way, but it could really mean one of two things. Shmuel saying that when the Mishnah says Mudrani Mimcha and then adds in the Klosh Ani Toimloch, it's telling us that that is the only valid neder because then you write it's a yad. If a person says Mudrani Shani Toimloch, Mudrani Mimcha Shani Toimloch, I take a neder from you that I taste your food. Again, that's not a hundred percent clear what he's saying because he didn't say that your food is also. But it's still a valid neder because of a yad. However, this is this is where Shmuel comes in. However, Shmuel is saying that if he just said I'm vowed from you, 
That's not even a valid yat. Why not? Because it can mean one of two things. Again, it's one or two in the Dorim, but we don't know what he's saying. If I say, if I say, I'll have nothing to do with you, am I saying I'm taking a error that I won't get benefit from your property, or am I taking a error that I won't talk to you? As soon as it has that ambiguity that it could mean one of two things, according to Shmuel, it's an invalid error. And that's why the Mishnah had to say both statements, Mudrani Mimcho Sha'ani Toimloch. I take a letter from you that I eat what is yours. Oh, now we know he's taking a vow that he won't eat his friend's food. Okay, so that's what we're holding at the, at the moment. And that's, we take it for granted. Um, yeah. Just interestingly, when we, this sugya started with this exact same phrase, and the Gomorrah, and the Gomorrah went along with this line of thinking. It said that, if Shmuel, Shmuel says that you have to have both clauses to the Mishnah, otherwise it's not a letter. The Gemara then comes and says, wait, but we have Bryce's, which say that if you just say half a clause, you just say Mudrani Mimcho, or you just say Shani Toimloch, that is a valid letter, and we reject the Shmuel. Now we're saying that Shmuel seems to be saying the exact same thing. So no, the reason, the distinction they make is that first what Shmuel was saying is that it's not a, not a Yad. It's not a Yad. If a person just says, I vow from you, it's not a Yad. Or, I eat what... Um, that's not a yad. Whereas now Shmuel's admitting, Shmuel, how we explain Shmuel, is that it is a yad, it is this half neder, and, and, and all he's pointing out is, is, a, is an unclear yad, a yad she'enomachia, a valid neder. Why are we happy, happy to let Shmuel go along with this, that if he says it is a yad, but an unclear yad, it's, a, it's not a valid letter, because that's a machlokas tanaim, as we'll now see over the page. So again, to say it's not a yad, that we couldn't accept. To say that it's an unclear yad, that we can accept. Now, Ah, you're saying that Shmuel holds that a yadaim sha'enu mechiyach, an unclear yad. Again, here, where it could mean one of two things. If a person just says, I take a vow from you, he could mean, I don't want to get benefit from you, or he could mean, I refuse to talk to you. That is not a valid neder. Now, we're a little bit bothered is because this is, um, as we're going to see, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, why is he not going like the Rabbonim? But this will come apparent from the Gemara. He says, in Shmuel Mulkim Lolamanizin Rabbi Yehuda, Shmuel holds... Shmuel learns how Mishnah is like Rabbi Yehuda, to Omar Yadayim Shemechiyach, Labiyin Yadayim, who learns that unclear yads are not a valid yad. Just now, as we learned in another Mishnah, Gufush, interesting. Now, where are we going to prove this, that if a person uses, again, an ambiguous language, his expression is invalid? We're going to go to Gitin, which is fascinating because we thought at the moment this concept of a yad, I partially expressing what you mean, and everyone else deducing from what you said what you really meant, we, at, up to here we've been learning it as unique to Nadorim. We're going to see now that this concept also applies by Gitin. It says, get. What's the essence of a get, of a divorce document? You are permitted to all men. If a man just writes in the get document to his wife, you are permitted to all men, that is a valid get, that's the essence of a get. Rabbi Yehuda, I mean, no, you have to add in. And this document that I am giving to you from me, Sefer Teruchin It's the safe, it's this uh, letter that 
of uh, expulsion and uh, abandonment. I, what he's saying? He's got to emphasize that it's through the get that, he's, that they are divorced. Because again, the writer points out, if he just, according to the Rabbanon, where he says, you are, what's it, you are permitted to all men with this document, could mean, maybe he's saying that, this document's just recording what I said. Now remember, interesting enough, by a get, the document has to affect the thing. So if he says, you are divorced from me, and the document is just recording that statement that he said, that's not a valid divorce. The actual document has to affect it. So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that a yad has to be clear, you can't say, oh, when he gives a document saying you are divorced from me, he most likely meant through this document. Rabbi Yehuda is not happy with that. He says you have to specify very clearly. Now, so we see that, again, we have a machlokas tanaim. Is a slightly ambiguous statement a valid expression or not? Where, where you need clear expression, is it valid? Where do you need a clear expression? So we so far have two examples. A netter needs a clear expression. As the Apostle says, Yafli Neder, express a Neder. And Gitin also needs a clear expression that he's divorcing through documents. So according to Rabbanon, in both those cases, a Yad, which is slightly ambiguous, would be valid. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not valid. We're saying that Shmuel is learning now. Shmuel, who said that if he just says, Mudar Ani Mimcha, I am vowed from you, it is not a valid Yad. We see he's going like Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara just asks, oh, why does Shmuel force himself to learn the mission like Rabbi Yehuda rather learn it like Rabbanon that, that our Mishnah is an unclear yad again we've gone in this whole lot of just gymnastics to, and Shmuel to understand Shmuel who basically comes out saying our Mishnah must be Rabbi Yehuda again and therefore Shmuel Paskins like Rabbi Yehuda why not just go as follows? Say, what for Shmuel to learn like that? That the Mishnah is like Rabbi Yehuda. Why not just say, learn the Mishnah at face value? If a person says, it's a valid letter. If they say, that might need the original clause, but it's a valid letter. Why? Why do we force Shmuel? Why? What did Shmuel see that he was intent on learning the Mishnah fitting in with Rabbi Yehuda? So Amarov Manizin Kashaisa. Now the Mishnah had a difficulty. It says, Oh my tani shani oichalok shani toimloch. Listen shani oichal shani toim. Why add in the extra lochalokha that I won't that I am that I won't eat what is yours, or sorry, that I eat what is yours, or that I taste what is yours. Just teach that I eat or that I taste. What shall say? If you hold that a yad she'eno mochiach is valid. I, what's, what does that, again, what does that phrase mean? Yad she'eno mochiach? If you hold that an unclear expression is a valid neder, then there's an extra word in the Mishnah, loch. Because he could have just said, I take a vow from you that I eat. Oh, now clearly, what, what does he mean? If he says, I take a vow from you that I eat, what does he mean? That I, I'm taking and we can work out. Again, could might mean something else, but very likely it means that I take a net and I won't eat what is yours. And therefore, you don't, if you hold that a partial yad, a partial statement, a yad is valid, you don't need the loch. So the, by the fact that it has that extra loch, 
For inan yadayim mulchachios, you need a clear yad. Okay, so, and this ends that part of the sugya. Again, this, just to go back to the basic principles, we have a machlokis tanaim, whether a yad, everyone agrees that a yad mochiach, a clear yad, again, a partial statement, but it's clear what he means, is a valid neder. That will also be a valid get. But if he says something, a partial statement, that's not 100% clear, even though it leans to one way or the other, that we kind of say, I think we could work out what he means. We hear someone take a netter and we say, I think we could know, we, I think we do know what he means. That's a machlokis noim, is it a valid netter? We see Rabbi Hood and Rabbonin. Um, Shmuel comes and says, Al Mishnah is like Rabbi Yehuda. Again, we discuss why was he forced to say that? Why didn't he just learn it like the majority opinion? And uh, but Al Mishnah Shmuel explained when we explain why Shmuel is for, forced to learn that Al Mishnah is teaching that a yad she'ena is not a valid yad. And interesting, the the, the Ran who also, as a, remember, I said he's a bit more than Rashi. He tells us Haru Paskin says If someone just says we Paskin like Shmuel, if someone just says I'm vowed from you. He doesn't become also to him. It's not a valid neder. Um, okay. And he says, and he goes into that a bit further. Let's go on to the new piece, which is now, um, it's fleshing out a lot of what we've discussed from a different aspect. Itmar, we learn, it's being said, whenever you see Itmar, it's introducing a machloikes between two Amoraim. So he says, Yadayim she'ein mochiach, Abay Omar havin yadayim, Rav Omar lo havin yadayim. It's been taught that what a yad that is not clear, Bayer says it does count as a yad, and Rava says it does not count as a yad. Interesting, we see Rava's like Shmuel, who was like Rabbi Yehuda, not like the Ramana. Rav Idi Asverili, Omar Rava, Rava said, Rav Idi Asverili, Rav Idi explained to me, explained where we see in the Pasuk that you need a clear yad. There's Omar, the Pasuk says, Nozila Hazila Shem, that he takes a vow to be a nether, a nozir to Hashem. Makish, Yodos, Nazirus, Nazirus. It connects um, the Yad to Nazirus. Again, remember, we learned that we saw in this Pasuk, Nazir Lahazil Hashem. We saw, I think it was on either right at the, the first half or the second half, that that's the source that a Yad is a valid nether. But it contrasts this with a normal Nazirus. Just as Nazirus has to be with Haflo'ah, clear expression, again, as the Pasuk says, um, speak to B'nai Israel, etc. Isha, Isha, man or woman, Kiyafli, when he expresses clearly with his mouth. So just as the actual vow to be a Nazir has to be a clear expression, so too. Um, the uh, so to the yad has to be a clear expression. Again, it is a partial expression, but we're clear from what he was saying what he meant. Name of the flux of tribute of Rabbanon coming fleeky. The tnan gufa shall get haray at muteres lecholadom. Rebuhur Oimer vidin tahave lechiminai seite teruchin veget paturin veger shavukin. Why don't we just say that Abai and Rava are arguing in the Machloikes, Rebut and Rabbonin? Again, Abai and Rava are Amorayim. They're sages from the period of the Gomorrah. Rebut and Rabbonin, that Machloikes we have in Gitin, is Tanoim. 
they argue, and now let's just see the Tanoim, they clearly argue, as we saw, we saw this mission at the top of the page. But Rabbonin say, regarding a get, if he just writes on the document, you are permitted to all men, and gives it that document, that's a valid get. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, he has to add in that it's through this document that separates us, that you're free, and that you're abandoned from me. I, we see that. Rabbanon holds you don't need a clear expression, and Rabbi Yehuda holds you need a clear expression. So why Abai and Rava don't have to come along and say, oh, let's have this debate. Is, does a Yad have to be clear or not? They should have just said, Rava should have just said, I hold like Rabbi Yehuda, and um, Rebbe and Abaya should have just said, I hold like Rabbonin. Again, the way they phrase it is they're coming up with a new discussion. I, Rava says it is, a, is, not, is not a Yad, and Abaya says it is a Yad. Just quote who you're following. So the Gemara answers no. He says, Abaya do amak Rabbonin. Yeah, sorry. So why don't we just say that Abaya holds like Rabbonin and Rava holds like Rebbe Yehuda? Why say it as a new Machlokes? So he says, no. Abaya says, no, my teaching could fit in with Rebbe Yehuda. I add kanoi to Amar Rebbe Yehuda be'inan yodai mochichos elo gabeget. This that Rebbe Yehuda holds, you need yodai mochichos. You need a clear statement, even if it's partial. When the partial statement is a partial statement, it has to be clear. Elo gabeget is only by get the bo'inan krisos, which you need clear cutting. I um. Not sure exactly what, what Christus is adding, but Christus either you need a clear expression of severing, or it has to be very clear that the severing of this marriage is coming through the document. But Veleka and you don't have that. Abel Baalma, Mishmaslay, where do you see in most cases that you need your daimochichos? I how's Abai explaining? Abai is saying, no. This that we see the machlokes bagitin. I, we had a Machlokes Rabbonin and Rabbi Yehuda Bagitin. Does it have to be clear? Abayah says, Bagitin is where Rabbi Yehuda says it has to be clear. But Nidorim, it does not necessarily have to be clear. Maybe by Nidorim, even Rabbi Yehuda would agree. If a person just says, I'm vowed from you, even though it could mean I won't get benefit from you, or it could mean I won't speak to you, in either case, Rabbi Yehuda could agree. You don't have this high level requirement of Chrysus. And then he says, oh, yeah. it says, Rabba says, I could even fit in with Rabbonne. This that the Rabbonne said, you don't need a clear expression, is by a get. Because no one's going to divorce someone else's wife. Right, when a person hands his wife a document saying, even if it just says, you're permitted to all men, or you divorce from me, whatever you hold the essence of the get is, it's obvious what he's doing. And therefore, that is a yad that is clear. Says, and therefore, if that's why the Rabbonin say, by getting you don't need a clear expression. Says, but in most cases, in our case, by a, by a neder, where do we see the Rabbonin hold that? Maybe by a neder, you do need that level of qualification. Okay, so again, we'll, we'll leave off here. The Gemara is going to analyze this Machloikas, but we've proven that the Machloikas that you have in by a get, how clear does the expression have to be, is independent of the Machloikas, or is, could be independent of the Machloikas by the Dorim. And we saw either way, because maybe 
gate we see has a high level requirement of chrysis, so maybe you should have to specify, be more explicit by a get, not necessarily by the, the dorim. We can say the other way around. A get is pretty self-explanatory. He's divorcing his wife. There's not one of two options. Is he divorcing woman A or woman B? Is he, you know, there's not one of two options. So maybe it doesn't have to be so clear. Whereas a neder, where there is one of two options, maybe there it has to be clearer. So the, the two mathloisim are independent. That's our by Robert Holt, and we'll leave it there for today. Yeah, good.